versions of what happened between 10 p.m. on the night of February 13th, 1945, and noon on February 14th, 1945, many originating from the fertile brain of Hitler's propaganda minister, Josef Goebbels, became set in Cold War stone, and further re-examination of the circumstances was not encouraged by a communist government eager to blacken the names of the Western Allies. The liberating moment came in 1989, with the collapse of the Soviet Union and the end of communism in East Germany. At last, the people of Dresden could write, discuss, and access their collective memory without hindrance or fear of official persecution, and so could outside scholars and investigators. The most objective work previously available concerning the destruction of Dresden has all been in German. Gertz Bergander, Dresden-born and a teenage witness of the bombing, later a radio journalist and writer based in Berlin, wrote his book Dresden in Luftkrieg, Dresden in the Air War, in the 1970s, and after 1989 revised it extensively in the light of the new information becoming available. Scandalously, considering the heedlessness with which the apocalyptic legends of Dresden's fall continue to be printed in the English-speaking world, Herr Berganda's scrupulous, rich, and fascinating account of the attacks on his home city has never been translated into English. Likewise, in the case of another Dresden historian, Matthias Neutzner, whose books Lebenseichen, Signs of Life, and Martha Heinrich Acht, Martha Heinrich Eight, Dresden's codename on the German air defense grid, manage the almost impossible task of setting Dresden's destruction in wartime perspective while at the same time heightening to an all but unbearable level of intensity the tragic human loss it involved. It was after I read these books and came into contact with their authors that my own journey began. The journey was, of course, a physical one, to Dresden and Berlin and London and Washington to consult records and documents, from an RAF veteran's cottage in Norfolk to a former slave labourer's house on the edge of the Bavarian forest from interviews with Dresden survivors in hotel rooms to emotional conversations in neat apartments built on the very rubble of the districts where eyewitnesses had grown up. It was also, however, a mental journey, confronting evidence that did not fit my old idea of what Dresden had been, and forcing myself to see the wartime years not through the eyes of the pacifistically inclined baby boomer I had been and remain, but as it might have been regarded by those who lived and fought, suffered and struggled at the time, when the future was unknown and thousands of innocents were still dying every day. The picture that emerged for me was not by any means one of an innocent city, but of a normally functioning city, both in the universal sense and in the context of Nazi Germany, made extraordinary by its beauty. This is not to go to the other far extreme and say that Dresden deserved to be destroyed, but that it was by the standards of the time a legitimate military target. The question is whether enemy cities necessarily containing large numbers of civilians and fine buildings, but also many vital sites of manufacturing, communications and services of great importance to that nation's war effort, should be bombed, despite the probability of high casualties among non-combatants. This issue remains one that can and should unleash passionate moral and legal arguments, even in the age of the so-called smart bomb. Dresden, Tuesday, February 13, 1945, will not settle any such arguments, 
but my belief is that it will reveal a more complex and ambivalent moral framework than has hitherto been generally recognized. The final moral judgment about the city's fate in February 1945 remains, as it must, the reader's. Perhaps, if there is a moral conclusion, it can only be found in the German phrase that I heard again and again from the lips of Dresdeners, spoken with a passion born of terrible experience. Nie wieder Krieg. Never again war. With the terrible weapons of mass destruction at its disposal, humanity can no longer afford intolerance and war. And that is the ultimate lesson of the bombing of Dresden. May it eventually be heard loud and clear, even though sixty years have passed. Prologue Saxons Silver